Everywhere you go, it seems someone is asking for money. So how do you know when to tip and when not to tip? Today, we're going to look at society's expectations for tipping for service. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I'm Harlan, and I'm here with Miranda Marquette. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm fantastic. And our topic today is tipping. When to tip, when not to tip, and how it may be different here in the United States than it is in other places across the world. Why do we tip in the first place? Yeah, it's kind of a good question because it's kind of a social, it's a social norm here in the United States. In other cultures, it's not, you know, in European countries, it's all just sort of included. You don't leave an extra tip. And so it, it can get confusing. But here in the U.S., we tip. And part of it is it gives us a chance to show extra appreciation. People who are big proponents of tipping says that it encourages service providers to work extra hard to earn that tip. It's kind of an interesting look at things. And then as far as you know, business owners go, especially if you're like a restaurant owner, you can pay your servers less than minimum wage in a lot of states. And so it saves your costs. And then, of course, it's made up by the diners, right? So the diners make up the cost and kind of subsidize uh, the fact that you can pay less. So I don't know. There's a lot that goes into tipping. Yeah, I mean, if if all that you say is true, then we would tip for everything, but we don't tip for everything. We only tip for things that we're expected to tip for, which is kind of like a strange list that doesn't seem to have be anything other than arbitrary. People who provide a service, but only some people who provide a service. It's, it's all just cultural, and, and you know, it all depends on how society has uh, developed. And there may be no rhyme or reason to it, but there are certainly places where you are expected to tip, and certain places where either you're not expected to tip or you're expected not to tip. So one of those places that we are the most accustomed we are to tipping is, is going to be in, in restaurants. We're just, if you go out to eat, you get the bill. If the gratuity is not included, then you add it on. And it's pretty normal to do perhaps 15 or 20%. And 20% is usually pretty standard these days. And it's just the expectation. And they say, don't go out to eat unless you can afford to include the tip in your budget. That's probably the most direct example of the tipping expectation that we have when we are consumers. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, most of us think about restaurants and, and eating. And then to a lesser degree, probably, uh, if we go and like have our nails done, you know, or my trip to the spa, I, I tip the esthetician after she finishes my facial. Uh, things like that, it, it seems really straightforward. You know, we, we know we need a tip when we go to a restaurant. We know we need a tip when we go have our nails done. But things start to get a little bit harder to figure out sometimes when you're doing things like, okay, well, what about when I'm in a car, you know, when I'm getting a ride from somebody? 
you know, with the drivers, with taxi drivers. You know, we know we're supposed to tip taxi drivers, but what about shuttle drivers, <laughs> right? If you're riding the airport shuttle, what about the limo driver? So it starts to get a little bit harder to figure out when to tip because part of it is, is we're like, okay, well, with servers, p- particularly in restaurants, they're getting paid a lower wage in a lot of states. So obviously we want to tip them, but what about the shuttle driver? Is he getting paid a regular salary? And if so, do we tip them? And you know, how did that evolve? <laughs> it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to figure out sometimes. Yeah. And even in restaurants, going back to that, uh, before we get ahead to all the other things that we're expected to tip at or not expected to tip at, I mean, we are confident as a society that we tip when we have a server coming to our table and bringing our food, taking our order and bringing our food. But what about those restaurants where we order at the counter and wait for our food and take it back? Uh, You've got fast food. I don't think it's pretty normal to expect a tip when you're dining fast food. But what about other types of counter service? They'll hand you a receipt that has a spot for a tip. Do you offer them a tip? Do you not offer them a tip? And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, because it's just one of those things where the culture is not entirely clear. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the tip jar. (laughs) The tip jar that's sitting at the end of the counter in so many places. And part of that, I think, is are you going to be shamed if you don't put some money in the tip jar? (laughs) You know, we like to, you know, part of us, you know, we kind of like to appear generous. And so I wonder if adding that tip jar is is a way for people to sort of encourage us to uh, have that peer pressure around us. And some people don't feel any shame at all and, you know, strongly believe that, If a tip was necessary, it would have been included in the cost of service and that businesses should plan to pay their employees more so that the burden isn't on this, you know, kind of nebulous idea of whatever customer decides to tip. That kind of goes back to the wider question of, you know, should we be doing this in society? Is it time to get rid of the tipping? Meanwhile, we do have tipping as a society. And we've kind of talked about restaurants, bars, we tip at bars, salon services. What are some of the other places or other people that we end up tipping? We didn't even go over bars. But yeah, obviously, well, not even obviously. I mean, some people wouldn't realize this, but you go to a bar, you order a drink, and a tip is appreciated at best and expected. So the question is, you know, I think we have a, we're planning to talk about how much we should tip, but we should probably go through. And as we're talking about each of these places where we see tips, we should probably talk about how much we're expected to tip. And of course, there are regional variations, but I think one to two dollars a drink is pretty, uh, pretty normal uh, at the bar, uh, 15 to 20 percent at the restaurants for service, for table service, for counter service, maybe a little less. Since, uh, you know, the idea is if you're comparing that to table service, perhaps it's less work for the workers and you don't necessarily judge the amount of a tip in that way, but certainly you can get by with 15% or maybe slightly less for counter service if you do, in fact, tip. And you had mentioned the spa. Yes. So what happens at the spa? Basically, you know, you pay for your service, right? Your facial might cost, well, here in Idaho, your facial might cost like $60. And then it's usually, you know, you tip about 20%. So, you know, with my $60, it would be, you know, right around $12 tip. 
for my facial. And it's the same thing with like your nail salon. It's generally accepted that you pay about a 20% tip. And it used to be in the past that you didn't tip the salon owner. Like if you had your hair cut or something by the person who actually owned the salon, you didn't tip them. But now I've noticed that more and more when you go to pay, right, you have the, the swipe. A lot of them have swipes at their individual stations. And so even the salon owners now have the option for you to add a tip. And so I think it's just one of those things that sort of you're just doing now, right? You see the tip, you add the tip, you do it. And, you know, things like Square and Pay Anywhere and these different tools that allow you to swipe your credit card with a tablet or a phone, they're really kind of pushing up the tipping, right? Because you just you, you say you're going to pay the bill, then you get your next screen and it says add a tip. And it gives you like a 15, 20, 25, 30, and you just hit a button and you're right. done. And I think that a lot of people are adding that. And so it, it makes it much easier to tip. Yeah, my haircut, my salon or barber is doesn't have that. That's still basically a regular credit card processing station there. No swipe by me. Uh, it's not uh, It's not as advanced. And the tip that I give, you know, I'll, I'll pay by credit card, paying off every month, of course, at the cashier. But then I hand cash to the person who actually cut my hair or provided whatever service it might be. So that's, that's even separate. And when I do go ahead and get a haircut and perhaps there's a shampooist who is not the same person, then I do provide a separate tip to that person as well. Now, of course, now I have to figure out if I'm used to just doing a 20% rounding up or whatever to hand my stylist cash, now I have to come up with an amount in addition. It's not something that I would split between the two of them when there's a shampooist. Normally, I don't need the shampoo, but sometimes I enjoy it, so I'll, I'll tip extra, usually something like $5. I think one of the things that you kind of touched on a little bit when you were talking about this was the extra cash that you were paying, you're saying that you, you know, give the cash to the person who cut your hair. And I've been trying to carry cash more as well, just because uh, as somebody who was a waitress at one point in time, I understand the fact that if you get cash today, you get that cash immediately. However, if somebody leaves the tip on like the credit card slip, or does it, you know, through the swipe or, or, or whatever, through the um, tablet or phone, they don't actually get that money until after it's all settled through the system and their next payday. And so I really like how you talk about that, uh, Harlan, giving them cash, because that means they actually get the money now. And so that's something to think about as well. Yeah, that's always very helpful. And I I believe that in restaurants, as an employee, uh, as a server at a restaurant, your wages are low, but you do have to pay taxes on your tips to some extent. So that is something to keep in mind that if you, if you feel that, you know, you just don't want to tip your waiter, they could still be taxed on a default amount of tips that they're expected to make. And you, you really put them into a difficult position if you decide that, you know, the restaurant screwed up and you're going to blame the waiter and express that blame through tipping them low or not tipping them at all. You were going to mention something about tattoos, and I've never had a tattoo, so this didn't even come on my radar, <laughs> but but sometimes I think about a tattoo. So if I ever go get a tattoo, what do I need to know about tipping my tattoo artist? 
Well, I don't have a tattoo, but from what I understand, it's the same as any other salon type of service where the you're expected to tip and a tip in cash would be most appreciated and it should be around 20%. Now, we touched on this a little bit about drivers. And one of the most interesting things right now is Uber, right? That's a sharing economy kind of thing, but Uber doesn't allow you to tip. And I was talking to my sister who actually drives for Uber And she said that Uber tells them that they're not supposed to accept tips. Now, some Uber driver, if you're going to hand an Uber driver cash, they're not going to turn you down. So you could do that. But Lyft, the other other primary ride-sharing app, actually allows you to put a place for to tip your Lyft driver. So you can actually do that in the app as well. But Uber hasn't done that yet. So that kind of confuses people as well, I think. Yeah, it it seems to be interesting that there's two different types of approaches for the, you know, this is this is a new type of technology that is still just kind of figuring out exactly how it's going to work in society and it's going to change soon anyway as more of these companies are looking to driverless cars, but yes, uh Uber does not encourage customers to tip and like you said, I think they've even discouraged it. However, I have had Uber drivers in the past who have made mention of whether they like to receive tips or not. And I don't mind tipping an Uber driver, even though it is not suggested. And of course, I'd always do that with cash because it's not built into their automatic payment system. And it's different with Lyft. Lyft does offer that option, as you said. So, you know, it's just something to pay attention to. Now, why would we tip Lyft drivers and not Uber drivers when in a lot of cases those same drivers are driving for both Lyft and Uber. That's one of the reasons I think that a lot of drivers tell me, uh, because I've taken a lot of these rides, that they prefer Lyft over Uber, even though they're they're all kind of driving for both companies. Uh, So that's really, really interesting to see. I would say continue to tip regardless, because it's still, even if not every driver expects it when they're driving for Uber, it's still good matters. You know, one of the reasons that we tip or that we're encouraged, you know, that we choose to tip perhaps is like you said, it's part of society, it's part of our societal norms, and it's just good manners. Now, there are some other people that, you know, we kind of also are supposed to tip people that maybe we don't see all the time, like when we do curbside check-in at the airport, or we, you know, or get a sky cap, the hotel concierge, hotel porters, hotel cleaners, door people, the parking valet, (laughs) the list goes on, right? So yeah, so what happens if you're riding in a limo versus a shuttle versus a taxi? So I mean, taxis for a long time, you know, it's, uh, I've just kind of looked at it as a 15 to 20% tip. Recently, I've noticed that like the airport shuttles, they've got a big sign that says tips are appreciated. Do you tip somebody doing the airport shuttle more than you would tip a limo driver or well, probably less than a limo driver, right? The limo is super fancy. Uh, shuttles, airport shuttles, different types of shuttles. You, you know, say you're on a uh, here at an amusement park and you take a shuttle from the parking lot. All these different types of shuttles that are out there, whether it's a tram or a bus or whatever it happens to be. Those I do tip those drivers. Maybe just um, you know a dollar, two dollars, five dollars if it's a long drive. These airport shuttles that you ride share and you take with a bunch of people. That's more of a larger tip, while you know a parking lot shuttle could be a smaller tip. And uh, those things are always appreciated by the drivers. Uh, they're always happy to receive some kindness. Yeah. So then what about the difference between like a limo and a taxi? 
do you tip them about the same or do you tip a limo driver a little more? I mean, a lot of the time in our tipping society and in our culture, the interesting thing is, you know, if it's fancier, we pay more, right? So if we're riding in a fancy limo, does that mean we have to tip more? Yeah, well, I think the limo is going to be more expensive in the first place. So it's just a function of the price. And if you're talking 20%, then yeah, I think a 20% tip for our limo is is right about right. Now, when I order cars, you know, not a stretch limo, but if I'm taking private black car or something like that, and I don't go through Uber, which I tend to do now, but say it's, say I'm going through a private car company, uh, a lot of the time those tips are calculated in the price already. So that's usually your 20% tip. And then after the ride, if the driver has helped me with bags or whatever, then I do provide a little bit extra. But as these cars are ordered, the tip is often included. So you've got to pay attention and, and look at that receipt. But that doesn't mean that you can't go above and beyond. Especially if somebody helps you in a way that does go above and beyond, uh, the tip is how we show our appreciation and, and let them know that. Yeah, exactly. These tips that we're talking about are basically the minimum. And then you wait. In, if, if, you, if someone goes above and beyond the expectations that you have for whatever it is that they're doing, then the extra tip is always appreciated. What are some of the other people that we tip? I mean, there are other people that provide things for us or that people that we interact with that maybe we don't think about tipping, but the curbside check-in or skycaps or the people who clean your hotel room. All of those people are also expecting tips from us. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. That's right. A lot of in the in the hospitality industry, especially. So we're talking about anything that involves, you know, anything that goes on at a hotel, anything that goes on at an airport, all of the people who help you in some way, except for maybe the gate agent and the ticket salesperson and the person who's taking your bags on the inside of the airport. Everybody's looking for a couple of dollars here, here or there. Sometimes if you have a lot of bags, it's maybe a couple of dollars per bag. Those are just some things that you want to pay attention to as you're traveling and uh, involving yourself in hotels, airports, and other types of uh, hospitality places. Keeping track of that can start to get overwhelming, especially as you start looking at, okay, so if I live in an apartment building and we have a door person, when do we tip them? And what about the house cleaner? Um, I have a house cleaner. How do you tip them? How do you tip babysitters? I mean, there's all of these these people that maybe you don't tip them every week. Like I don't tip my house cleaner extra every week. But at the end of the year, you get to the point where maybe you tip them, you give them a holiday tip. So I'll give my house cleaner extra with a card, you know, like I'll make a nice card for her, put the extra tip inside of that card. And it's kind of the holiday thing. And it's the same thing with like babysitters and nannies. And then like the delivery driver that drops off my my milk every week, <laughs> you know, they, they get a tip too during the holidays. Yeah. So I think the difference is the how, how you tell whether you tip them each time or at the end of the year is whether they are a regular person who, who visits on a regular schedule or who helps you on a regular schedule. So your babysitters, sure, if it's the same babysitter all year, if you have a long-term relationship with that babysitter, yes, I think, you know, the tip comes at the end of the year as a nice bonus. Uh, house cleaners, the same thing. Even if you're using a company like the maids, I would not tip on a weekly basis or on a regular basis. And then at the end of the year, you provide something. In fact, those companies, they kind of have guidelines to make sure that everybody who helped you over the past year, if it wasn't the same people, gets credited with that holiday bonus. 
Uh, same thing with door people. If you have the same door person in the building, they're always there to greet you at the end of every day. No need to tip them every day, but you will want to provide them something at the end of the year. The, really, the defining characteristic is whether they're a regular help to you or they're someone that you see differently each time. It's not a 100% rule. Like I go to the same, going back to the salon, I go to the same hairdresser or hairstyler or haircutter every time I go, but I do tip her each time. And then also at the end of the year, there'll be something extra, but it won't be as big. So you just kind of weigh all of this together to figure out exactly what you need to do. And going back to delivery people, like you said, like if you if you do a lot of business with UPS and you see them all the time, certainly you're not going to tip them each time they deliver a package. But if you have the same regular service provider, it certainly doesn't hurt to provide them the bonus at the end of the year and a nice tip to, to show them that you appreciate. But the food delivery guy that's coming from the pizza place that you're ordering food from, they just get that small tip each time. And since it's going to be a different type, it's a different person throughout the year, even if you order over and over from the same place, that you, you don't need to provide a, an end of the year tip for that person. Yeah. And it is, it is, you know, it does kind of get to that point where you kind of have to feel it out and, and just kind of figure out what feels right to you. And then there are other things that maybe it's more about instead of a, a cash tip, more about uh, some other service thing. So with movers or carpet installers, it's not so much giving them a cash tip as it is, you know, maybe providing them cold drinks while they're for while they're working or ordering them lunch or something like that to kind of show your appreciation while they're working hard. You don't necessarily have to provide a cash tip in those situations. Yeah, absolutely. A tip can come in many form. Cash is usually most appreciated. But like you said, when there are people who are working for you, perhaps they're working on your house or they're helping you move in the moment things, water, uh, bottled water, a meal, those are all things that do go over really well. They don't always take the place as cash, though, but it is definitely appreciated by those who are helping, who are exerting their effort more so than, say, food delivery person. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what are some things that you can do now as you get ready to provide people with tips and proof of your appreciation? I think the good thing to do for this is to make a list of everybody who should be on your annual tipping list, your holiday bonus, if you will. Who are all the people who have who help you on a regular basis, who provide some kind of service, uh, who you see regularly? You do want to make this list so you don't forget anybody. Add to it throughout the year. Buy cards, write checks, or give cash, whatever it happens to be. And make this list something that you can find when you need to and add to it whenever you when you remember something else or or someone new comes along. The list, writing things down, I think is a big piece of doing things now uh, of the do nows. So it really helps organize yourself and be ready when the time comes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, having that together so you can kind of check it off. That's actually what I do. I have a list of, of the people I need to give a special holiday tip to. And then every year I just check it off. I get the holiday card, I get the tip in there and just check it off as I go. Um, and the other thing to do is examine your own tipping behavior. What patterns do you find? Does it look like you're tipping? You know, are you not tipping enough? Are you not tipping everybody you should pay attention next time you're out and about and pay attention to the people who are helping you with things and see if you can identify some tipping behaviors that you need to change. All right. And we have a listener question. Last time I was out, 
I left a tip on the total amount of the bill, including tax. My girlfriend told me I was wrong and that I should only tip on the pre-tax amount. Is this correct? According to the Emily Post Institute, your girlfriend is correct. (laughs) So the Emily Post Institute, the mavens that know it all about etiquette, say that you only have to tip on the pre-tax amount. I personally, though, I go ahead and just tip on the total amount of the bill just because it's easier for me to figure. It's the last number I see. And I don't have a problem with tipping a little extra because of because karma. So even though, you know, as far as etiquette goes, tip on the pre-tax amount, I don't think there's anything wrong personally with being a little extra generous. Yeah, I think people today don't really care what Emily Post has to say about things. Uh, that's kind of like from a from a bygone era, although, you know, they have certainly kept up to date with things. It used to be that people would say the amount of tip is just double the tax. So if you do that, then say your tax rate is 7%, which, you know, when when I first heard that, that was the tax rate in New York, I think, which is where I was, I grew up when I was, well, I was little in New York, grew up in New Jersey. The tax, I think, was 6% at that time. But anyway, double the tax is less than 15% on the pre-tax amount of the bill. That doesn't sound like it's enough going by today's standards. I have always kind of calculated the tax as 20% of the total bill after tax and then rounding up if there's, you know, cents or whatever it happens to be. I always just, there's nothing wrong with being a little more generous and it really, really isn't going to hurt you financially to round up your tip a little higher than just going by the cheapest guideline available. If it does hurt you, if it does destroy your budget to give the extra dollar when you're tipping uh, or extra $2, then you really do need to make some other financial priorities and different changes in your life so that it doesn't sting so bad. If you're so concerned about giving too much, you don't, you don't want to give somebody $2 too much for fear of just over-tipping, then I think you need to reevaluate your values. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> we just finished this bruising this this totally bruising campaign to try and get our community college. And, you know, there are people who are just like, we refuse to pay a dollar a month extra in property tax. We it's <laughs> I mean, and and when you're like nickel and diming something that is an investment in another person or an investment in your community or erring on the side of generosity in any way, shape or form, I agree that's that's definitely a problem. <laughs> I think that most of us benefit personally when we err on the side of generosity. Yeah, I think I think it's a good way to live your life. Yeah, so on that note, what do you think about tipping? Do you think tipping is an outdated custom and should we join other countries around the world and, you know, getting rid of tipping and, and just having a price and making sure that people are taken care of? Or do you think tipping is a good thing and a good way to encourage people to do a good job for you? Go ahead and check us out on Facebook. Our Facebook community is hashtag adulting. So join us and share your thoughts. Don't forget to check us out at adulting.tv. There are plenty of uh, podcast episodes, videos, and articles that can help you with all things being a grown up. And leave us a question. Uh, Send your questions to adulting.tv forward slash ask and make sure that you subscribe to us at adulting.tv forward slash iTunes. And until next week, remember to act like an adult. Thank you for listening to Adulting. 
Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Thank you.